And welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. Josh, how has your summer been? It's been good, man. You know, it's kind of sad. It's winding down. Uh, what about you? Yeah, it's been good. Same thing. Goes by too quick, as always. So we're, we're, we're back from our trips now. Yes. How is Vegas? Uh, money. Money. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, it was awesome. I, I had a, We had a great time. My wife had never been. Got to see the Grand Canyon. Got to do a little gambling. Man, things are expensive out there. I bet. Yeah. Uh, how was the Grand Canyon? A big hole in the world? It so. was a big hole, but it was just, I mean, it was breathtaking. Yeah, you, I bet. Have you, never been. You've never seen it? We're going uh, to Arizona this year. I don't know if we're going to get to the Grand Canyon or not, though. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's not really on the way from anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an hour off the highway, which I mean, really isn't that bad, but you got to kind of make a special trip to get there. Cool. How about you? Yeah, we were in Florida last week, drove from St. Louis to Florida. Then we came back on Friday. We drove from Florida to Branson for 16 hours the whole way. That's a lot of time in a car. Yes. Went to Dixie Stampede Friday night and then we went to Silver Dollar City. You ever been? I have been. Yeah. Big news, podcast listeners. I rode a ride. Is that big news? And if you know Josh Boyd, that's a very <laughs> big news. I, You know, I, I had to pick... A ride that was safe, I thought. So no teacups, right? Did not do the teacups. They make me sick. Did the kids roller coaster with my two and a half year old. And so it wasn't even a, okay. All right. Continue. No, sorry. And she made me, I had, she had to hold on to me because I was screaming. So I, do we have photographs or video? Of my that? wife has video of it. Okay. So. Well, she needs to send that to me so we can share it with everyone. <laughs> yeah. But no, other than that, it was good. Got to see Florida, just relax on the beach for a week. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Yeah. What have you uh, been nerding out on lately? So I just watched. I know I'm a few. I'm a few years behind because, well, for whatever reason, we finally watched the final season of Penny Dreadful. So season three, and this show is it's a Showtime series that basically. Have you ever heard of a Penny Dreadful? Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. I haven't seen the show yet, but I have heard of it. So apparently, here's some, here's a nice little nerd fact: a Penny Dreadful was a cheap, popular serial literature type of literature that was produced during the 19th century in the UK. And basically it means it's kind of interchangeable with the term penny horrible, penny awful, and penny blood, which basically meant that it cost a penny. So it cost a penny for these like short stories. And the stories dealt with you know some pretty uh, char- uh, well-known characters. For example, Frankenstein, right? You've heard of that guy? I've heard of that guy. All right. It also deals with uh, this guy called sir malcolm murray who's an explorer um an american gunslinger named ethan chandler um a medium named vanessa ives so it's basically all these supernatural characters that are basically battling um evil in victorian london kind of cool that does sound cool yeah josh hartnett is in that correct yeah so it's got josh hartnett he plays like i said ethan chandler we've got timothy dalton who plays sir malcolm murray we do you know who Timothy Dalton is? James Bond. He's, that's right. Good job. Mm-hmm. Ava Green, Vanessa Ives. Well, I really like Ava Green. I do too. She's a good actress. There's a couple different Frankenstein's monsters. There's also, of course, Victor Frankenstein, played by Harry Treadaway. And uh, Reeve Carney is Dorian Gray. And he's another kind of supernatural character you've probably heard of before. Mm-hmm. The show came out in 2014, the first season. And season three came out May 1st, 2016. And it was created and written by John Logan, who also, this guy has a lot of 
films to his credit. Pretty amazing ones, actually. He also wrote Skyfall, Spectre, Gladiator, uh, The Aviator, Sweeney Todd, Any Given Sunday, Red, and Alien Covenant. Sweeney Todd is an awesome movie. I think I do know, though, why it's taken you so long to watch this episode. Why is that? It is because you are a snob when it comes to watching TV, and you only watch full seasons. You don't watch it live because you know, yeah. you're too good for that. Well, so. I like to bin- I'm not too good for it. I just like to binge it. I like to binge all of the entire series at one time. There you go. And I'm also not really allowed to watch new shows by my wife because she's even worse than I am. Oh, well, there you go. So anyway, this show's awesome. I strongly uh, recommend it. Uh, check it out. Cool. So what, what about you? What do you? Well, mean? for me, I didn't have access to the internet all that much down in Florida, so we were watching some old movies. So we're going to be looking at that. Everybody out there has seen this movie, The Sandlot. I assume you've seen it. Of course. Yes. So just a quick summary: of The Sandlot is Scotty Smalls moves to a new neighborhood with his mom and stepdad, meets a bunch of his new friends. And they play baseball, but he gets them into the biggest pickle they have ever seen. That's like one of the first lines of the movie. Yes. <laughs> and I introduced his daughter, this daughter, my daughter to this movie, and now she watches it over and over again. We've watched it like seven times in the past week. So it Luckily, is Luckily, it's fun. a great film. Oh, yes. It is a great film. It's got, uh, it was debuted on April 7th, 1993, written and directed by Davey Mc, David. Mickey Evans? David. David. You know, I'm trying today. David. David. I start school tomorrow. I've got to get all my flubs out right now. So, so you're going to say like David Diggs. Yeah. It's a real fancy name. Mm-hmm. So the stars, Tom Guerry as Scotty Smalls, Mike Vitar as Benny the Jet Rodriguez, Patrick Renna, who's probably my favorite character in the whole movie, as Hamilton Ham Porter, John Celebrity as Squints, another great character. You forget that Dennis Leary is in this movie as his stepdad. Very young Dennis Leary. Yeah, I'm glad you had that written down because I was going to mention that because yeah. he's, he's fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. And then James Earl Jones as Mr. Myrtle. So, so, question, can you think of another film that Mike Vitar, who plays Benny the Jet, that he's in? Kind of like kids kids movie as well? I cannot. Mighty Ducks 2. He's, is, the kid, he's the kid that can't stop. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like, right. He's like the fastest skater, but he can't stop. And I remember, you know, Hamilton Ham Porter, Patrick Renna, he's been in a lot of movies. You ever seen The Big Green? Mm-hmm. It's a soccer movie. He was oh, in yeah. that. I believe he was in Gran Torino as well as an older, as a priest. He's also in commercials now. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what, what sports mm-hmm. drink it is. It's like Mountain Dew or something. The Great Hambino. The Great Hambino. Yes. So. All right, well, let's get into our uh, full nerd, what we're really going to be spending most of the time talking about today. Yeah, so we were going to maybe, we started talking about some comedies or some films we wanted to watch, and a lot of them kind of centered around this great actor, Vince Vaughn. Yes, I love Vince Vaughn. So we're going to kind of talk about all things Vince Vaughn today. Cool. So just a little bit about him. Uh, First of all, he's an actor, producer, and writer, and he was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on March 28th, 1970. Yeah. He grew up in Buffalo Grove, Illinois, so he moved from Minnesota to Buffalo Grove, Illinois. He played football and baseball and wrestled. He then moved to Lake Forest, where he graduated from Lake Forest High School in 1988, one year before I was born, so just so we know that. He was introduced to musical theater at a young age and decided to become an actor in 1987. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell there's a lot of influence from... from I mean, just things that he does in movies, 
influenced heavily by Chicago. Right? For sure. He's yeah. a huge Cubs fan. You see that in real life, and you, he also makes note of that or mentions that in quite a few films. He is He's actually credited his mother as the inspiration behind his career, saying that, and this is a quote, I saw her overcome stuff, and I thought if you worked hard at something, you'd give yourself a chance. So that's pretty good. I, I put on here that I just don't want you to cry with this old mom-son connection. It is tough, but it's more father-daughter connection that I cry at. Okay, you know, all right. But I do love you, Mom, if you're listening. So, Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> so in 1988, he was actually cast in a Chevrolet television commercial and decided to move to Hollywood after that. Yeah. And so then he appeared in the 1989 season of the television series China Beach and in three CBS school break specials in 1990. Then his first film role was in a great movie, Rudy, which came out in 1993, where he played Jamie O'Hare. He's kind of a jerk in that movie. At the very, He gets kind of mad and upset. Yeah, he's a teammate of his. Yes. Of and Rudy's. This is where he also struck up a friendship with Jon Favreau. Yeah, and that's pretty important. I mean, there's obviously a lot of films that he's been in, but really his role in Swingers in 1996 with Jon Favreau is essentially where he really kind of took off a little bit. Um, again, it was released in 96, uh, July, and it was a really successful independent film. But don't worry, everyone. We're going to talk about that movie in much more depth. We will get into that a little bit later. His father, actually, Vernon, played a, had a cameo in the film. He plays a gambler. And his dad was actually in Breakup, Four Christmases, and Couples Retreat as well. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. In 2005, he began dating Jennifer Aniston, his co-star in The Breakup. In late 2006, he filed a lawsuit against three tabloid magazines, accusing them of falsely claiming that he had been unfaithful to Aniston. They broke up in November 2006. You know, that would be terrible, I would think, being famous like that and having your entire personal life looked at. Yeah, I mean, but... (laughs) But you're also famous. What's that? You're also famous. You're also famous. You're getting some pretty big checks. I guess you take the good with the bad, right? You're not having to worry about where your next meal is coming from. No. So, anyway. In March 2009, it was reported that Vaughn was engaged to Canadian realtor, which, just so you know, his mom is also in real estate, uh, Kyla Weber. They married on January 2nd, 2010, and they have two children, Lachlan, Kyle Vaughn, and son, Vernon Lindsay Vaughn. Yep. He was dubbed one of the Hollywood frat pack a group of actors who frequently co-star in film comedies. These actors include Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, and Vince Vaughn. He's also one of the tallest leading men in Hollywood at six feet five inches. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. So some of his awards and nominations, and these are, I just put these on here because I thought it was kind of, honestly, just a way to kind of call back some films that he, he was in. The MTV Movie Awards gave him or nominated him for Best On-Screen Team with Will Ferrell and Luke Wilson for for Old School, which is, of course, a fantastic movie that he was in. Same thing, MTV Movie Awards in 2005 also gave or nominated him for Best On-Screen Team uh, with Christine Taylor, Justin Long, Alan Tudyk, Stephen Root, Joel David Moore, and Chris Williams for Dodgeball. What else? He was also nominated for Best Comedic Performance in 2006 for Wedding Crashers. And he finally won, finally won that ever-coveted MTV Movie Award for Best On-Screen Team with Owen Wilson for Wedding Crashers. So, 
there's a few other awards here for different film or I, I guess he was nominated for won a couple for the breakup he actually won a CinemaCon award for the comedy duo of the a lot of these are duos and teams mm-hmm. what you think about a lot of his films i guess he's considered the leading man in some of them but a lot of times it's like the leading men co-leader yeah co-lead him and owen wilson and yeah right so anyway He's he's been nominated for a bunch of awards for a bunch of Ram no no, uh, no Oscars or Emmys yet yeah not yet but he's he's kind of he's branching out into dramatic acting we'll talk about that here in a second so yeah. let, let's look at his credits he has sixty nine total credits he was in twenty one Jump Street the TV show Doogie Howser Rudy Swingers and the Lost World Jurassic Park he was also in the remake of Psycho. Uh, Zoolander, Old School, like we mentioned, Starsky and Hutch, Dodgeball, and then both Anchormans. Yeah, he's also in Be Cool, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Wedding Crashers, The Breakup, which he produced and wrote, which I actually really like that movie. I don't I know if you're I think it's great. I, I think it's – I like the fact that it's realistic because mm-hmm. they don't get – well, spoiler alert. Okay, they don't get back together in the end. So <laughs> he's also in Wedding Crashers, like I said, and Fred Claus. Yeah, and finally, Four Christmases, Couples Retreat, where he also produced and wrote, as well as The Internship, same thing, and True Detective Season 2, which is kind of considered the worst of the three seasons that have been out so far. But it's kind of, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's saying Godfather 3 is the worst of the three Godfathers. But the first two are, you know, best picture winning, considered top ten movies of all time. I haven't watched Season 3 yet. Was it good? Yeah, it was really really good. Yeah. Was not a fan of Season 2. Yeah, I must say. Yeah, I did like him. I thought he was cool in it. But again, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I think my point I'm trying to make is that you compare it to, uh, I mean, what you can consider one of the best seasons of television. I think, like ever. Oh yeah. That it's kind of hard to live up to that standard, right? That True Detective season one is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. Let me ask you: Do you know what the what Be Cool is a sequel of, as far as films? You've never seen Be Cool, have you? I've seen parts, but no, I do not. It's a sequel to Get Shorty. That's right. I did. I have heard that before with John Travolta. And there's a TV show for that too. Anyway, yeah. so all right. Well, now we're gonna, let's break down a few movies, right? Yeah, let's get into the first movie that we're going to talk about. This is uh, one of my all-time favorites. I got to give my best bud Carl Stafford a shout out here because we've watched this movie about ten thousand times. Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story. Do you think, real quick, do you think people, like, assume that I don't have any friends or family because I don't shout them out? Or Probably. I, I think that probably is assumed. Okay. Correctly. We'll just let likely, them continue yeah. to assume that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, synopsis of Dodgeball. White Goodman, who's Ben Stiller in the movie, is the owner and founder of Global Gym and would love nothing more than owning Average Joe's Gymnasium. Peter LaFleur, played by Vince Vaughn, doesn't want to lose his gym to Goodman, but can't find a way to get $50,000 in time. Yeah, so Peter basically gets his like ragtag gang of gym buddies trying to figure out how to raise money, and they eventually f- decide to enter and try and win the World Dodgeball Championship, kind of win this dodgeball tournament. Of course, White Goodman also forms his own dodgeball team, and basically they kind of duke it out. By the way, Patches O'Houlihan, who was played by Rip Torn, he shows up and he's like a ADAA dodgeball championship aficionado and decides, I'm going to help train you guys in very uh, unique ways. Yes, yes. So let's get to the film info. It debuted June 18th, 2004. It was written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber, who has also had Easy A and Skyscraper to his credit. I like Easy A. 
It's a funny movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on Scarlet Letter. Scarlet Letter. You're talking to a history guy. I here. know. I just yep. want. I just wanted to throw that out for the audience to educate everyone. We already mentioned Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn as White Goodman and Peter LaFleur. We also got Christine Taylor, who plays Kate. Gary Cole, who plays Cotton. Jason Bateman, who plays Pepper. Hilariously. Yeah. Justin Long plays Justin. And Rip Torn, as I mentioned, plays Patches O'Hulian. Yeah, and its budget for the movie was a $20 million budget, and the gross was $114,326,000. So made a lot of money. Yeah, it did pretty well. Especially for like a kind of just a goofy comedy right you don't yes. expect it to gross that much money it, you know in my opinion this is the funniest movie of the 21st century i find this movie hilarious yeah yes it's definitely one you can watch over and over again for sure a little bit about kind of behind the scene we'll call them nerd facts right according to many cast members the hardest part of filming the dodgeball scenes was not flinching even though they're about to get hit in the face with do- and there's a lot of like gratuitous dodgeball face shots yes yeah uh, also, Ben Stiller broke three cameras in succession filming one scene and even hit his wife, Christine Taylor, in the face once. <laughs> that probably went over well at home. Yeah, I, I guess that's also kind of a nerd fact that those two are married, right? Which is funny because he's trying to court her yes. the whole film and she wants nothing to do with it because yeah. he's pretty much a huge creep. White Goodman is just such a classic yeah. character in this movie. He's pretty great. Adult dodgeball leagues began to spring up across the country around the time of the movie's release, so I I don't know if we can say it was causation or correlation, but it definitely started to happen around that time. Cast member Gary Cole was actually invited to a tournament in Chicago, Illinois, and my cousin, Brenda, here's a shout-out. See, I have a family member. She is on a dodgeball team out in L.A. Pretty good one, actually. Well, I think we need to get her on sometime. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So Ben Stiller, we mentioned that him and Christine Taylor were married. They had an 18-month-old baby at home while shooting this movie. Taylor was so exhausted from taking care of the baby that she often dozed off in between takes. And yes, having a baby is exhausting. Right. So actually, the direct, if you listen to the director's commentary on the DVD or Blu-ray, uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber wrote the roles of Peter LaFleur, White Goodman, and, and Justin with Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, and Justin Long actually in mind, which is pretty funny. And Justin Long was pretty much chosen because of his role in Galaxy Quest. Did you ever see Galaxy Quest? I have not. So it's like a Star Trek-type ripoff film, but it's almost like a... I don't know if you call it a mock... It's not a mockumentary, but it's as if these characters that are acting in a Star Trek show get basically beamed up to play real-life Star Trek characters, hmm. and they, then they're just actors. So it's not like a Spaceballs thing. No, no, they're, they're actors that have been playing these iconic roles, okay. much like Star Trek. It's supposed to be like a Star Trek-type film. Mm-hmm. But then aliens actually beam them up thinking they are real-life you know, people as opposed to just actors, and it's just chaos ensues. Anyway, it's a really funny film. Yeah, cool. So then the movie refers to the fictional ESPN8, The Ocho, as a means to lampoon the channel's multiple outlets. The Ocho is a tongue-in-cheek reference to a nickname formerly used by ESPN2, The Deuce. Right. The ESPN8, The Ocho. <laughs> the, at the end of the movie, and here's a little spoiler, if you haven't seen it by now. Um, Come on. Sorry yeah. about this, but White Goodman, he commits a foul, a foot foul, and he just kind of goes all right, and he mocks the referee, saying he's working his butt off, and that's really kind of a, a nod to Jimmy Connors at the 91 U.S. Open when he said, quote, I'm out here at 39 years old working my butt off, and you make a call like that. 
Yes. White was working hard. I mean, he, he was. He had some great hair, too. Yep. So. Rocking it. Back to ESPN 8. In August 2017, ESPNU changed its name to ESPN 8 The Ocho, and they actually show obscure sporting events, including dodgeball tournaments. And I just saw a commercial yesterday. They're doing that again, I think this week, where they're renaming it for a day, ESPN 8 The Ocho, and showing some random stuff. Oh, awesome. So, yes. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. So there's a scene where Peter walks into his hotel room, and White and Michelle are there waiting for him, and White says, Donde esta la biblioteca? Which, in translation, means... Where is the library in Spanish? <laughs> and that's like a common line. That's also a variation of that is used in the movie Encino Man. Cool. Yeah, you know, he's brushing up in a Spanish because they're opening a global gym in right. Mexico. And yeah. he says, I'm sorry, Michelle had to use your toilet. He's having some stomach issues. <laughs> the original title of the movie was simply Underdog. Yep. In the United States, the movie is promoted with the tagline, Grab Life by the Ball. However... In foreign markets, such as the U.K. and Australia, this is changed to the more risque grab life by the balls. So we put a dodgeball tournament on at our at my old school. I was every, there. Every yep. year you were there. And every year the best part was having the students choose what was going to be the tagline from the film that would go on the shirts. And it was always like a fine line because we wanted to have some fun taglines, but like how risque can they be? Yeah. So that was always fun getting that by the, mm-hmm. the various principles we had. Yes. So speaking of some of these risque lines, uh, what are some of your favorite quotes? Okay, so probably my whole favorite from the whole movie is, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. you got to say it the way that he, White Goodman says it, though. Let me read it. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. That's better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What do we got? Uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. If you're going to become true dodgeballers, then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. And these are all said, this one's said by Patches, that last one, and also this next one. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. (laughs) There's also another one that, uh, this is from, um, what's his name? Lance Armstrong. He says, quit. You know, once I was thinking about quitting when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time, but with the love and support of my friends and family, I got back on the bike and I won the Tour de France five times in a row. But I'm sure you have a good reason to quit. So what are you dying from that's keeping you from the finals? Which is, I mean, it's... It, yeah, Vince anyway. Vaughn's like, nothing. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should go <laughs> back to my friends. Another one from Jason Bateman. He said, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. And that's when they are forfeiting? Yes. Which makes that quote even funnier. <laughs> Jason Bateman has some great one-liners in this it, movie. It's just so funny because he's really he's he's just an announcer during the tournament, which yes. is which is like the last third of the film. So he's not even in it that much, mm-hmm. but he's pretty pretty memorable. Yeah. So like I said earlier, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love this movie. White Goodman. White Goodman reminds me a lot of another villain in sports movies, Shooter McGavin, just kind of like that cartoonishly yeah. evil villain. Um, they actually did a they have they both have Twitter accounts on Twitter, White Goodman and Shooter McGavin, and they are just absolutely hilarious to follow those two. Yeah, what is what does he say? Uh you'll pay. Listen to what I say. Yeah. Why don't I go eat some hay? Go by down go down by the bay? Think I just may. Something like that. Yes. Anyway, that's a good one too. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty classic film. It's pretty hilarious. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what rock you've been hiding under, but go check it out. For sure. Movie right. number two. This is going to be a, a 
huge change in direction. I think this movie is one of the funniest that I have ever seen. Oh, gosh. But I'll let you be the judge, not you, Josh. We all are going to learn what you think of it, but the audience. So this film is called Swingers. Real quick synopsis. Basically, there's this transplanted New Yorker played by John Favreau who is moving out to L.A. He's a writer. He's an actor. But he's trying to get over. Well, he's a he's a uh, comedian actually, and he's trying to get it off. You know, kind of get it going for the most part. He's struggling. He's just gotten over. He's trying to get over a relationship that he was in. And meanwhile, you've got his buddy, who is played by Vince Vaughn, my, uh, names Trent. He's trying to show him everything about L.A. He's taking him to Vegas, trying to get his confidence to be uh, you know regained. And at the end of the film, he meets a uh, down to earth woman named Lorraine played by Heather Graham um, which kind of gets him I guess over the hump a little bit yeah let's look at the film info it debuted on October 20th 1996 the director was Doug Lehman from the edge of tomorrow and the born identity it was written by John Favreau who recently has been known for directing he directed Iron Man Iron Man 2 Jungle Book and Lion King (sighs) Oh, this this is your remake. The remakes you don't you've never yeah. seen, but you're mad about. Already. Yes. Okay. That's a whole other. Well, just to clarify, let's just put that out. We won't get <laughs> we won't get Josh off on a tangent. Today. Okay. All right. He uh, Favreau wrote the screenplay in two weeks. Wow. Pretty you quick. Tell. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the stars had John Favreau as Mike, Vince Vaughn as Trent, Ron Livingston as Rob, and Heather Graham as Lorraine. The budget was estimated to be around $200,000, and it grossed in the U.S. $4.5 million. That's a pretty good gross for the budget. Pretty good ROI, yep. Yep. Let's look at some nerd facts. So the movie is loosely based on the experiences writer John Favreau had when he first moved to L.A. He had just broken up with a long-term girlfriend and counted on his friends Vince Vaughn and Ron Livingston to cheer him up. The characters they play in the film are based on themselves. Which is pretty cool. It's, it makes sense that it was. It seems seamless when they're acting it because mm-hmm. they really are just playing themselves. Speaking of like connections, Favreau's uh, grandmother, Joan Favreau, is the lucky gambler at the five dollar minimum blackjack table. That kind of goes along with his dad also making a guest appearance, mm-hmm. putting family members in films you're making. That's nice. Yeah. When asked to approve the use of theme music for Jaws. In a scene, Steven Spielberg saw footage of Vince Vaughn and then hired him for The Lost World, Jurassic Park, which was in 1997. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. There's a monologue where, he's, where, where Vince Vaughn is saying, you're like this big bear, you got these huge effing claws, right? He gives that to John Favreau as a way to kind of boost his... Uh, well, it's something that Vince Vaughn actually said to John, to John Favreau one night at a bar, and he loved it so much he actually threw it into the script, which is, I think it's one of the funniest... like. Scenes in a film, scenes in that film for the most part mm-hmm. for me. So the exterior and interior of Mike Peters's, who's played by John Favreau, apartment was actually the building and room in which John lived at the time this movie was being filmed. Favreau's downstairs neighbor was actor Adam Scott, who appeared in the film at a party. Yeah, Adam Scott. Where do you, where do you know him from? He's in Parks and Rec. He is in Parks and Rec. Yeah. What uh, else was he in? He's also in. He was in a, a funeral movie with Chris Rock. I can't remember the name of it. Chris Rock was in it. Peter Dinklage was in it. Hmm. Oh, I can't okay. remember. I'll have to look it up I was later. thinking Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. Step Brothers, too. Yeah, Hilariously. he's great in that movie. So there, there are a lot of bar scenes, and a lot of them were shot in actual bars during business hours. And they posted a sign that basically said, 
warning patrons that if they came any closer, there would be they would be unpaid extras in the film. Hmm. Yeah, and then the 1964 convertible Mercury Comet Caliente, driven by Vince Vaughn in the movie, was actually owned by John Favreau. Hmm. There are a lot of like references to pretty popular films. So, for example, the main characters are playing video games in Trent's apartment, and you can see a Reservoir Dogs and Taxi Driver posters on the wall. Later on, there are a lot of nods to Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. For example, there's a scene where the characters are, are walking in slow motion in Reservoir Dogs that also happens kind of in this film as well. Later, Goodfellas, the long shot of Harry, uh, Henry and Karen walking through the kitchen into the, into the club is also emulated by Trent and Mike. So they're just kind of paying homage to some pretty, in my opinion, some pretty classic gangster-type films. Yeah. So then the scene where Mike talks to his answering machine was supposed to be a running joke throughout the movie, but all the other scenes got cut in editing. Another nod, Trent, Mikey, Sue, Rob, and Charles, they're supposed to represent the five members of the original Rat Pack, who are Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, and Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, and then so kind of at the end of the movie, John Favreau has to swing dance, and he learned how to swing dance for the movie. For a month, he and Heather Graham rehearsed at her house learning how to swing dance. Hmm. So during the time Favreau was trying to raise money, some of the producers actually wanted to change the character of Trent to a girl. They didn't want them to go to Vegas, and they wanted to be darker and more violent. They also wanted to cast some more notable actors like Johnny Depp and or Chris O'Donnell, but Favreau basically said, nope, I'm going to go ahead and sell basically this movie as it is and not embrace all these changes, mm-hmm. which, again, for me, I appreciated that. I, I respect that, yeah. The title of the film was partly inspired by the Swingers Diner on Beverly Boulevard, which was a coffee shop that Lehman and Favreau frequented. The you're so money, you're so money, you don't even know it, Mikey, catchphrase that the film popularized actually came from a television commercial with Spike Lee and Michael Jordan, which Lee called Jordan money. Interesting. This is, I, I have to say, this is a pretty funny scene, the very ending of the movie. The scene involving Peekaboo with the baby originated from Vaughn's experience with a similar person at an airport. <laughs> so there's a lot of legacy, I think, in like just pop culture. So, for example, the, the again, I already said it, the, the term money became a pretty popular catchphrase. It kind of basically denotes the approval uh, or, or quality of something. The exclamation Vegas baby actually became a common quote in referencing the city, uh, Vegas, obviously. And bad voodoo daddy credits much of their later music success to their appearance in the film. And that was the swinging band. Okay. So let's review this. Um, What do you got? I despised this movie. (laughs) I found it almost painful to sit through and watch. Why? I just felt like there was no plot. You're just kind of sitting there and there's a bunch of guys walking around going to different bars and just kind of this sense of aimlessness, which maybe that's the point of the movie is to show that there's aimlessness. Yeah. But my wife and I were watching it. Neither of us liked it. I'm surprised Chelsea didn't like it. I thought that she would like it. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of got like a dark humor to it. It's, I don't know if it's considered dark, but it's definitely dry. I think that's the problem. We went into the movie, because I'd never seen it before we decided to podcast about it. We went into the movie thinking of like a typical Vince Vaughn comedy. And you get in there and you're just kind of like, oh. But I can totally see <laughs> a 20-something Justin Hildebrand sitting in his frat house 
watching this movie. Yeah, it's probably where I saw it for the first time. Yes, you can totally see that. I think the problem is that you've seen so many other Vince Vaughn films, and you expect it to be kind of silly humor, and this is not. This is I don't want to call it smart humor. I don't want to offend you, but I think it is definitely drier, and it's not quite as ridiculous and off the top. I don't even know if you could consider it a comedy. I mean, it's got comedic moments, but it's more of like a dramedy. Yeah. Just a sense of aimlessness, though, throughout the whole movie. I just, I didn't, I did not enjoy watching the film. And I thought I would when I saw who was in it, Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, there's a lot of good, good actors in it for sure. Well, I recommend it. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't. Yes. But you also don't like to watch any remakes, so. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me started. (laughs) So. All right. Well, on to our final movie. And I think this is one we can agree yes. on that we both love and enjoy. And this is called Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. So Ron Burgundy is a San, is the San, is San Diego's top-rated newsman in the male-dominated broadcasting of the 1970s. But, unfortunately, along is coming an ambitious woman, and she is hired as a new anchor, which obviously causes some challenges for Ron and his cronies. Yeah, so let's just quickly look at the film info. Debuted July 9th, 2004. It was directed by Adam McKay, who's also done Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. It was written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Yeah, and it was budgeted $26 million, but it grossed over $90 million worldwide. Yeah, impressive. Some of the stars of the movie, Will Ferrell, who hilariously portrays Ron Burgundy, Christina Applegate, Applegate as Veronica Corningstone, uh, fun fact, Maggie Gyllenhaal auditioned for the role of Veronica. Veronica Vaughn. That's a different movie. That is Billy Madison, yes. Paul Rudd is Brian Fantana. Steve Carell is Brick Tamland. David Ketchner is Champ Kind. Yep. You have Fred Willard as Ed Harkin. Chris Parnell as Garth Holliday. Catherine Hahn as Helen. And Fred Armisen as Tino. Yeah, and there are a lot of other guest appearances. We've got Seth Rogen, who plays an eager cameraman. Jack Black is the, the motorcyclist who punts his dog over off of a bridge. <laughs> Luke Wilson <laughs> plays Frank. Ben Stiller plays Arturo Mendez. Missy Pyle is the zookeeper. These are a few that are uncredited, by the way. Tim Robbins as the public news, TV news anchor. And Vince Vaughn, who plays Wes Mantooth. Yeah, which is why we're talking about this movie. But, you know, the f- one of my favorite scenes from that movie is when they're all getting ready to fight. Can't mess up the face, of course. You yeah. know, they say, of course not. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is the antagonist, Wes Mantooth. Yeah. Well, I guess there's a lot of antagonists in yeah. this film with Will Ferrell, but he's like the, the rival. The number two to their number the one. The number two anchor, right. And he's, he's not even credited as, as an actor in the film. Like, that's what's so funny about it is he's kind of a big role, but he's not even credited, <laughs> which yeah. is pretty funny. So a little bit of nerd facts about this film. While at Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay actually began working on a script titled August Blowout, which Ferrell would later describe as Glen Gary Glenn Ross meets a car dealership. And then although the script was pretty popular on Hollywood, the movie actually never got made. But eventually it would actually be eventually Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed There Will Be Blood, Punch Drunk Love and Boogie Nights, basically took this script from them and helped basically create this film. Yeah, and then McKay has stated that the idea for the film that would become Anchorman came after Will saw an interview with the 70s Anchorman talking about how sexist they were, and it was that tone of voice that he loved. Yeah, another inspiration was it was inspired by a biography show that Will Ferrell watched about Jessica Savage, 
and how one of her male co-workers confessed to being a total chauvinist back in the day, and she worked in New York and Houston. Yeah, and so the co-writer and director Adam McKay has said that in the first draft of the script, the story was about a plane load of news hankers who crashed in the mountains and discovered that the plane which they collided with was carrying monkeys and martial arts equipment, leading to a battle between cannibalistic newsmen and star-throwing monkeys. I think that's a movie that needs to be I know. looked into, because that sounds really interesting. That should have been Anchorman 2. Yeah, I haven't seen Anchorman 2. I don't, don't see Anchorman yeah. 2, but if that had been the, the plot for Anchorman 2, that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. So a lot of the actors and actresses are really good at improv, which shouldn't surprise anyone. They would actually sometimes do up to 20 different versions of reaction lines, trying out the first thing that popped into their head. So a lot of those, I don't know how many, what percentage of the lines that are shown in the film are actually improv, but if they're doing 20 different versions of lines and reactions, I bet there's a lot. Yeah. yeah I just, I could not keep a straight face. Those guys, that's so impressive how they keep a straight face. Just that scene that, yeah. where, where they're all fighting each other, all the yeah. anchors. <laughs> I just I lose it. I can't yeah. even keep it together. Yeah, and then so Will Ferrell's character, Ron Burgundy, was inspired by veteran Detroit WDIV TV broadcaster Mort Krim. So there's a scene where they go to a Mexican restaurant. Veronica visits this restaurant with girls from the station. It's called, I'm going to butcher this really badly, uh, Escupimos en su alimento, which in Spanish means we spit on your food. Amy Poehler was completely cut out of the movie. She played a bank teller that Maya Rudolph and her gang robbed. Yeah, so that would have been another cameo that she never even Mm -hmm. made (laughs) into the film. Yeah. Ron's dog is named after Ted Baxter, Ted Knight, the WJM news anchor of the Mary Tyler Moore show, which was in 1970. Yeah, and then just a fun little fact, Ron Burgundy's license plate is I'm number one. (laughs) <laughs> because he is. He's number one, the number one news anchor in San Diego. San Diego. The first draft of the screenplay included, well, here are some suggested actors for various roles, which I think these would have been funny too. I like where they landed, but let's let's hear these. Champ Kine was supposed to be played or suggested to pe- be played by John C. Riley, Brick Tamlin, Chris Parnell, Brian Fantana, Ben Stiller, Ed Harkin, Ed Harris, Garth Holliday would be played by Dan Aykroyd. Frank would be played by Alec Baldwin. And the script also specified another member of the news team, Marshall Connors, with suggested William H. Macy to play that part. Interesting. Ron's full name in the movie is Ronald Joseph Aaron Burgundy, and Will Ferrell has played the flute since elementary school. There's a big flute-playing scene. Yes. Yeah. So overall thoughts. Um, I, this this movie is utterly hilarious. You know, sometimes you just need a movie to not have to think about yeah. and just go and laugh at. And this is this is one of my go to movies when I'm just like, I need to laugh. And there's so many amazing quotes. I mean, a lot of them include Steve Carell. Yes. You know, I love the lamp. That's a big one. Hey, are you? Do you really love the lamp, or are you just looking at the lamp and saying that you love it? Yeah. Brick, uh, Brick killed the guy. You know yeah, what I mean? you, yeah. I wanted to mention. I saw that stabbed the guy with a trident. Yeah, I was going to mention that to you. You might want to lay low because you're probably wanted for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, and the, I mean, the quotes just go on. We could yeah. do it all night, but we so, won't. Yeah. So I, that's about it, man. Let, let's do a little bit of nerd outreach to wrap this thing up. First of all, let's. I want to thank all the fans out there for uh, tuning in. We appreciate it for sure. More Keep and more. Listening. Yeah, more and more every episode. So thanks. Please give us some feedback. And listen, we know a couple of the original episodes 
we're, we've got some volume issues, but hopefully we fixed that now and these are much better. So yes. thanks for your patience. Yes, for sure. As always, I have to thank my wife and daughter for letting me come and do this. And uh, thank Clayton High School for letting us use their facilities. So. I, I want to thank you for being such so good at thank yous. Yes. For your, <laughs> to your family and your wife. That's Look at you being a sappy guy today. You're just feeling sappy today, I guess. Is, is that what I'm being? Yeah. Okay. So I finally got my wife to listen to the show on our trip. So, oh, so that's great. why the that's why I've got all the excessive amounts of shout outs. Yes. All right. Love Makes you, honey, sense. if you're listening. All right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Future show suggestions. Um, if you have any of them, please send them in to nerd is a new cool podcast at gmail.com or just tag us on any of the socials. Hashtag nerd is a new cool podcast. Yeah, and how do you contact us? You can like or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at nerd is the new cool podcast. You can also follow us on on Twitter at nerd is the new co2 and of course check us out on apple podcasts spotify stitcher and soundcloud just search nerd is the new cool podcast and you'll be able to track any of our episodes down sure all right guys thanks for listening all right bye-bye